there is a convergence of technologies that is happening when we are talking about AI. AI is leading the other disruptive technologies, the industry 4.0 technologies that they call. I mean, there are a set of host of things that you have uh, spoken in your book also. Now, armed forces across the world spearheaded the adoption of new technologies always. But in, in the present case of these disruptive technologies, we see a little shift. The corporates, even startups, are taking lead and armed forces are not at the lead. Whether it is internet revolution or any other revolution, we see the difference, uh, whether it is in US or elsewhere, they were the ones who were leading. Today, the, the shift has taken place. How do you correct it? So how do we think we can correct it? So first thing I want to correct is the track record. Because in the United States, DARPA, which is Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, that is uh, Defense Department, they invented the internet. It used to be called DARPA-NET, and then they dropped the D and called it ARPA-NET and made it available on a selective basis, not available to the public. And then it became internet. So when I tell people the year in which I used internet, people say, oh, no, there was no internet because they look up uh, internet started in a certain year. But before that, the same thing was called ARPANET. And I used it. And before that, it was called DARPANET. And I was a graduate student with, uh, with my professor involved in uh, this kind of uh, research. And so I had a security clearance. I used it. So I did use the internet before it was called internet. And I know that this is a DARPA invention. Uh, DARPA also invented semiconductors, semiconductors because the transistor for which uh, Bell Labs got a Nobel Prize and laser for which Charles Towns and Bell Labs got the Nobel Prize. Uh, fiber optics. I was in ITT and the gentleman uh, adjacent to me was a Chinese American uh, patent holder for ITT uh, under defense contract uh, doing fiber optics. He later got the Nobel Prize in physics. Uh, for uh, for uh, uh, for fiber optics, uh, you look at night goggles. Another technology that ITT when I was there, we had uh, for F-16 fighters, uh, you know, uh, for for goggles for uh, army people, and then speech recognition because the fighter pilot they wanted that he should be able to speak the command and not use his hands because his hand will be free to do other things, and so certain commands they wanted speech recognition, and so all these technologies uh, now. DARPA doesn't do its own research only. CIA has its many of its own ventures, but DARPA gives it to defense contractors. Uh, the defense contractor industry is a half trillion dollar, half a trillion dollar industry in the United States. It's a very big industry. All these Boeing, Aeros, uh, Defense, and uh, Grumman, and Martin, uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, you know, all these kind of uh, uh, McDonnell Douglas, all these uh, 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 companies. Uh, that you look at in in, uh, in aerospace, there are the cutting edge of aerospace are very heavily defense related and avionics related. So I would say that the backbone of technology in the United States has been defense. Uh, in AI now, when you look at AI, a lot of research in quantum computing is being funded by the military people. Uh, the military people is looking at implants uh, for soldiers and for all these things to, you know, improve their functionality and create a futuristic, uh, you know, futuristic brain that has got all these technologies is part of their mind and brain and access to so much information. So the don't, don't uh, count them out because the CIA, the CIA has a venture capital fund. I don't know if you know this, the CIA yeah. has multiple venture capital funds and the, uh, the, the, the details on where they're investing are kept secret, but they give money to uh, startups, private startups. And those guys have to keep them out shut and, and they're working for the CIA. 
then 5, 10, 15 years later, this will get declassified and the corporate sector will get access to it. So there is one flow of technology which goes through classified military government and then it gets declassified. But you're also right that the, uh, that the amount of uh, the AI investment by Google and uh, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft uh, and uh, uh, Facebook uh, and uh, uh, particularly Apple and, uh, and Amazon is huge. I mean, each one of them is spending many times what all of India is spending in, on basic research. So the corporate sector is very big also. So in the US, you have two these. Now in China, the military, industrial, academic complex. In US also, military, industrial, academic complex. They're together. So China also. India, they're separate silos. The, DR, the DRDO is separate. They may be giving a little bit of grant here and there to private sector. Maybe some IIT guy gets a small grant. He's got five, ten techies working for him, but nothing, nothing to build a big, huge system. You know, uh, the, 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 So the DRDO is separate. The industry does very little research. In India, the industry does not do research. It's a service economy model, which is not innovation-based, not patent-based. Uh, it is basically providing services. You hire people and you rent them out, rent the brains to some American guy, and then they build the technology. So Indian brains working for foreign entities, building the technology. It's, all over, it's happening all over the place. Uh, the, as far as academics is concerned, then hardly any research. They are more into gundagardi and campus riots and politics and all that. Uh, the academic is mainly, mainly to teach. But in the United States, the academic is also to do research. So uh, when they rank, the reason the Indian universities don't rank very high is because they rank based on published output. They don't rank based on what is your curriculum and students you're producing. If they ranked on uh, the quality of students, then Indian university would rank good because the IITs would do well and IIMs would do well because their graduates were going and doing very well in various places. 99% of the, uh, the college products are not uh, that same caliber, but the 1% who come from good places are good students. They, they, they have good brains. They work hard. Uh, however, when you are looking at international standards of uh, academics, it's based on uh, uh, research output of the faculty. And India is very low on that, very low in the, in the rankings. Hardly any university will sh be in the top 50 or 100 or something like that because they're not doing research. So you see the, the, the problems in India uh, have to do with uh, not enough research. That is the key problem. That is the key problem. So you know you, you need to you need a you need a governance that is research oriented, and I'm not I, and you know when you say Atma Nirbhar, the ad is fantastic, but that has been used to limited to manufacturing. It doesn't. So you are Atma Nirbhar making something, but you are buying foreign technology to make it. Do you understand the difference? Yes. So yes. for instance, when India does. Uh, electric vehicles, when they make uh, electric uh, you know, cars, Mahindra, uh, the, the lithium-ion technology is mainly Chinese have got most it of the patents. Yes. And yes. a few other people have patents. And the lithium, which is the material, the actual substance needed, 50% uh, of the world lithium supply is controlled by China. Uh, only 11% is the Chinese own mining of lithium in their, in their own country. But the rest of it they bought off the mines in Africa, here, there, Latin, wherever, wherever in the world, whether it's Australia, if they found a lithium uh, mine, they'd buy it off. And they've collected, uh, while, they, while they're doing research and they put a big bet on the future is going to be this, uh, they, they 
started collecting all the patents. So people have to license from them and they started collecting all the mines. So they own half the world supply. So Chinese are very clever. They make long-term bets. So, you know, the governance also has to include uh, people who know what are the long-term bets. Now, that so means- you realize China, China made the bet that on uh, robotics. Now they have more robot, robots than US and Europe combined. Yes. They made a bet on drones, so they're the largest supplier of drones. They made a bet on solar panels, they're the largest supplier of solar panels. They made the bet on electric vehicles, even Tesla's biggest factory is in China. The first factory is in China. Because uh, Elon Musk, who knows very well that if he keeps Chinese happy, they'll keep giving him the lithium. So he's also a smart guy. He says, oh, I love these Chinese guys because it's not because he goes and enjoys Chinese food. I'm sure he does that also. But he knows that keeping them happy, then the lithium supply is guaranteed. He's a smart fellow. So, you know, Chinese make some big bets. Oh, now we are supposed to be the software superpower of the world. Come on, if we are software superpower of the world, how come in AI we are 10 years behind? I mean, AI is a product of computer science. So if you are, 10, if you are software superpower, you should be the AI superpower. So this is, these are serious problems to do with governance. And these are problems that uh, I do not think the Niti Ayok type people know enough how to solve these. Things.